A restaurant is in trouble for asking customers to eat 108 dumplings. A library book was returned 119 years late. And a Burger King in Thailand introduces a burger with 20 cheese slices. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian inside a Los Angeles closet. I have three weird kinky news stories from around the world for you. Oh, yeah. Get with me. A restaurant in China is in trouble for challenging the customers to eat dumplings. Well, that sounds like a nice thing for a restaurant to do, challenge people to eat dumplings. Oh, I love it when people challenge me to eat dumplings. I love dumplings. A restaurant in China that challenged its customers to eat 108 dumplings in return for a free meal has gotten in trouble. 108 dumplings is a lot. Could I do it? Maybe. Would I hate myself afterward? Definitely. I'm wondering what the significance is of the number 108. It must mean something. Uh, this restaurant is in trouble, though, for challenging their customers to eat 108 dumplings. They're investigating whether the restaurant has violated China's anti-food waste law. They have an anti-food waste law, which makes sense because there's over a billion people there and probably not enough food to feed everybody. Now, all of this hoopla took place in Yibin City, which is in the province of Sichuan. The authorities swooped onto the restaurant after hearing about its, quote, king of big stomach challenge. Who is the king of the big stomach challenge? Oh, that's very misogynistic. You should also offer queen of big stomach challenge. You don't think that there's any ladies out there that could, that could eat 108 dumplings? The challenge reportedly involved patrons competing to eat 108 spicy wonton dumplings. Ooh, those are, these are the spicy ones. I don't know if I could do 108 spicy ones. Uh, they would come out real quick, I'll tell you, right afterward. So the challenge was eating 108 spicy dumplings as quickly as possible to win a free meal and additional prizes. Doesn't say what they are. I guess the free meal is the dumplings. <laughs> I don't know. To drum up interest, the restaurant advertised this offer on social media to entice patrons only to find itself in hot water when the state administration said it would open an investigation into whether it had breached the law surrounding food waste. Now, while eating contests are relatively common in Western countries and can even bring fame to the winners, such as this past July 4th, we have the champ Joey Chestnut, who's known all around the world for being the best at eating wieners, and a Florida woman won in the female wiener eating competition. I covered all of that. Takes place in Coney Island. These eating contests in China, though, are a pretty sensitive matter, it turns out. Many people in China still have memories of the famine in the 1950s and 60s that killed an estimated 45 million people. Uh, the media says that this restaurant, which it did not name, was one of several that were being probed by the authorities over similar eating competitions. Chinese leader Xi Jinping has in the past called food waste, quote, shocking and very distressing. And in March this year said agricultural supplies were like the foundation of national security. The law against wasting food in China was at an enacted in 2021 following pointed government criticisms of online bloggers who were live streaming themselves binge eating in order to draw in viewers. Under the law, restaurant owners can be fined 
up to $1,400 U.S. dollars if their establishments, quote, induce or mislead customers to order excessively to cause obvious waste. So it sounds like the authorities are conducting a major investigation. So what happened? Well, he ate a dumpling. Yeah? And then what happened? He ate a second dumpling. Yeah? And then what happened? He ate another dumpling. Yeah? And then? And another? Well, and then what happened? He, he ate, he had another dumpling. <laughs> that was my impression of the cops uh, cross-examining a witness <laughs> at the dumpling contest. <laughs> okay, bad joke. Now it says here, some Chinese internet users have criticized the authorities for overreaching. They say, is this counted as a waste? Why not let people compete for the biggest eater? Will the food not consumed there actually go to the poor? Another user pointed to the country's poor track record on food safety, which has included scandals ranging from contaminated baby milk powder to the use of, quote, gutter oil, which is recycled oil tainted with food waste or even sewer water. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So some users are all over China for not really regulating food safety, but then cracking down on food eating contests, which is kind of hypocritical, I would say, in a way. If you happen to be in China and you want to engage in some overeating contests, you know the place. The U.S. of A, baby. <laughs> we, we have all the food contests. Every weekend you could probably find one. I'm good friends with a no, sort of well-known competitive eater named Crazy Legs Conti. Shout out to Crazy Legs Conti who lives in New York City and I see him every time I go home to visit. Crazy Legs Conti is also a big Celtics fan, and that makes me love him. An overdue library book was returned 119 years later. This story is out of Massachusetts, and I'm going to embellish it with a Boston accent, because I haven't done a Boston story in quite a while. On February 14th, 1904, someone checked out the book, James Clerk Maxwell's An Elementary Treatise on Electricity from the New Bedford Free Public Library. That was 1904. It would take 119 years in the sharp eyes of a librarian in West Virginia before the scientific text finally found its way back to the Massachusetts Library. The discovery occurred when Stuart Plain, the curator of rare books at West Virginia University Libraries, was sorting through a recent donation of books. Stewart found the treatise and noticed it had been part of a collection at the New Bedford Library and critically had not been stamped withdrawn, indicating that while extremely overdue, the book had not been discarded. That's when Plain contacted Jody Goodman, the special collections library librarian in New Bedford, to alert her to this find. We have a quote from library director Olivia, who said, well, this came back in extremely good condition. Someone obviously kept this on a nice bookshelf because it was in such good shape, probably got passed down in the family, I'd say. Now, this particular book was first published in 1881 at a time when the world was still growing to understand the possibilities of electricity. In 1880, Thomas Edison received a historic patent embodying the principles of his incandescent lamp that we're all now familiar with. When the book was last in New Bedford, the nation was preparing for its second Modern World Series. Incumbent Republican President Theodore Roosevelt was on track to win another term 
Wilbur and Orville Wright had conducted their first airplane flight just a year before, and New York City was celebrating its first subway line ever. Says here, the discovery and return of this book is a testament to the durability of the printed word, especially in a time of computerization and instant access to unfathomable amounts of information. Unfathomable? Did I say that right? I don't know. Boston Public School Education here, bro. The New Bedford Library said they occasionally receive books as much as 10 or 15 years overdue, but nothing anywhere close to a century. This is a very special case. Uh, The New Bedford Library has a five cent per day late fee as well. And at that rate, someone returning a book overdue by 119 years would face a pretty hefty fee of more than, wait for it, $2,100. The good news is the library's late fee limit maxes out at two bucks. So (laughs) this, this is a very small fee for borrowing a book for over a century. Now, if anything, this story teaches a very important lesson that no matter how Toddy, the book is. It's never too late to return it to the library and pay your fees. We got to support these libraries. Many of them are losing their funding. And the libraries, the public libraries are disappearing all over this great country. And that makes me sad because I really love books. I know you don't think so, but I do. Uh, Plus, they got that uh, free Wi-Fi and I like the air conditioning in there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burger King in Thailand introduces the real cheeseburger with 20 cheese slices and no meat. Uh, This occurred on Sunday, this disaster. (laughs) Burger King Thailand introducing on its new menu this item. It's called, quote, the real cheeseburger. The sandwich features 20 sheets of American cheese. No meat. I don't even know how you can call this a burger. This is... This is like a great grilled cheese. I would call it the great grilled cheese or constipation king sounds proper because <laughs> this is going to this is going to back you up a little bit. All these cheese slices. The quote burger is described on Burger King Thailand's official website as quote the real one real cheese full of flavor for those who love cheese. Yeah. What's not to love the cheese, the bun. The other cheese. (laughs) I would never order this in a million years. Let's keep reading. Find out the price and, uh, you know, the nutritional value, if there is any. The, quote, burger comes without any meat, without any toppings, and with no sauce. Ooh, sounds lovely. It can be purchased for 109 Thai baht, which is about $3 U.S., And it's less than the price of Burger King Thailand's regular beef cheeseburger, which is 129 baht. It's only available until August 20th, guys. Oh, and I know it sounds delightful. So you're going to have to rush over there and get them while while they last. This cheeseburger immediately went viral. Do we have to call it a burger still? I mean, it's not a cheeseburger. It's a grilled cheese. Anyways, it went viral on social media, of course. Many customers in Thailand flocking to Burger King to try this new sandwich. Why? Why would you? 
According to one branch in Bangkok, it reportedly had to stop deliveries to save stock for walk-in diners. Wow, so popular. Says here, while some customers were happy with the price of the burger, many said the cheese was just too much. Was that a surprise to you? It's 20 slices of cheese, man. Of course it's too much. It's too much at eight slices of cheese. Let's be real. Uh, One self-proclaimed cheese lover on social media noted a trend in Thailand is to put cheese on literally everything. And this individual claims that he struggled to eat even half of this cheeseburger at the Burger King. Other customers pointed out the high fat and dairy content in the cheese may have them calling for a doctor's appointment the very next day, which is also highly likely. I don't understand why you would offer this unless you have a warehouse full of cheese that you're trying to get get rid of. Or maybe in Thailand, it's expensive to flush waste down the toilet, and this would help ease on those costs. Outside of this, just the pure curiosity of this constipation burger, I, I don't know why you would order this, although it reminds me of a time in Boston. My buddy tried to order something like this at a McDonald's, and they totally refused to make it, and we were drunk. I'm not sure if that's why they denied him the sandwich. Maybe they didn't have enough cheese, or maybe it was the fact that he wasn't wearing a shirt. Well, hello, my little weird news children. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Weird AF News. I appreciate your time. I'll try to keep the outro brief. I know you have things to do today. Uh, I want to give a big thanks and praise to Coco, who bought me a coffee. Isn't that sweet? Coco bought me a coffee. And Coco wrote a nice little note. It says, thank you for your news and a heart. Isn't that lovely? Very sweet to the point. A sign of appreciation. And I'm, I'm very grateful for Coco. You can buy me coffees off my website, weirdafnews.com. It's a lovely way to show your appreciation of this one-man news production inside a closet. That's right. Uh, you can also join the Patreon on my website, weirdafnews.com, if you're interested in that. These are just ways to support the show. You don't need to do that. You can uh, just tell a friend. That doesn't cost anything but a little bit of your time and some mouth movements. So that's pretty cheap. I'm going to publish some phone calls after this. We heard from some OGs such as Connie in Georgia and uh, the and the amazing Hannah who has just amazing voicemails that always make me smile. Um, if you guys would like to call the show and make me smile, you can do so. 646-450-2012. And my email, funnyjones at gmail.com. Feel free to send me some weird news that you come across. It's no problem. You can also follow me on Instagram at funnyjones and send me articles and news stories there as well in my DMs if you'd like to. I also post my shows on there and clips of my stand-up comedy. I'll be performing tomorrow night, Thursday, at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. A wonderful, wonderful club. And um, it's it's a place that uh, I call home. So if you're in the area... Just DM me or just show up to the 10 p.m. show. Okay, I love you very much, and uh, good luck with your life, man. Yay! Hey, Jonesy, it's um, it's Hannah. Um, I leave messages for this other crime podcast I listen to, but the guy doesn't play my messages probably because I sound younger than um, 27, almost 28. And not only that, but the guy who does the podcast is from Florida, so that might explain part of it. But what I'm most appalled by is the transgender law in Florida. Like, you know, if 
if you, if a doctor, you know, does gender reassignment surgery on you, um, you could get kicked out of your house and then the doctor could go to prison for five years. That's, I think that's just horrible. And, um, like, you're not supposed to talk about, like, sexual orientation or sexual activity in school. I mean, these are what people need to grow and develop, and you're only becoming more sheltered if you don't talk about these kinds of things with them. And, um, yeah, I just think that is just horrible. Everyone in Florida is closed-minded, and they are not progressive at all. But, you know, in the rest of the world, good luck with your life, man. Hi, Jonesy. It's Connie from Cedartown, Georgia. And I was listening to the podcast this morning, and it was the Florida Friday episode. And I just wanted you to know that I was laughing so hard <laughs> that, well, I, I was, I listened to it while I'm putting on my makeup and I really shouldn't, I should do it, listen to it while I'm getting dressed, but I messed up my make, my lipstick and it looked almost like the woman in airplane, but not quite as bad. So I just want you to know you messed up my lipstick and you weren't even here. That's pretty special. So thank you for that. And, oh, yes, in an email if I like how I like the um, Tommy Chong um, CBD gummies. I love them. They have slept so well since I started taking them. It's been about two weeks now. And I highly recommend them to anybody out there that has trouble sleeping or like arthritis pain, it helps. And it costs a touch more than some of the others, but it's worth it to me because I can, this works. Some of the other stuff I've taken, I couldn't tell any difference. This I can, I'm sleeping better than I have in years. So I'm recommending that to everybody in weirdo land out there. And I guess that's it. Um, everybody take care. Love y'all. Love you, Jonesy. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.